Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast, and my name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Good to have you here with us today. We took a week off last week, or maybe it was a couple weeks, I don't remember, but we are back. And uh, thanks for being with us today. We're a tech company. We uh, provide uh, very quickly streaming video. We provide mobile apps. We provide church management tools and website templates. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. Steve, what are we going to talk about today? We are talking about millennials and multitasking. That's right. No, we're not. <laughs> no. Well, close. We're all, it's, it's, so if, you, if we had this video, if we had a video running, which someday we probably will again, uh, we've, we're all doing several things here at once, and uh, but now we're focused. But we are going to talk about millennials. Yes. Today. And we've got a guest that we had on eh, a couple months ago. We had Zach on. Zach Yenser is our guest. Uh, he's a blogger. He's an author. He's actually in the Tucson, Arizona area. He wrote the book called Creative, which you can find on Amazon and other great places. Uh, Zach, it's nice to have you here. How are you today? Nice to be here. I'm doing well. And I was talking to Phil and really enjoyed the last time I was on the show. Felt like it was one of the most focused and streamlined presentations of the book. And one of the few interviews that I listened back to, I enjoyed it that much. So thank you. Well, well, you know, well, if there's any, here. anything we're not or anything we are, it's focused <laughs> and we're streamlined. Never, I don't think I've ever been referred using those terms. But anyhow, well, well, it's good to have you here. And, but, you know, if you've missed that podcast, I, some people were saying, well, I didn't hear that. Well, you know, just you can go to iTunes and I don't and just look for Zach Yenser as one of the people as our guest. I can't what remember. did you title that episode? I Do you don't know? remember. Oh. How to Reach Millennials. How to Reach Millennials. I want to say it's early October. Yeah, it it probably was something like that. So, yeah, you can go back and look at it, uh, listen to it, I should say. And uh, but today we have Zach again. And and Zach, uh, we thought that it would be good to talk about millennials and technology. So that's what we're going to go for. Sounds good. All right. So first question that we have is. And because we work with churches all the time around here, uh, there's lots of pressure, I think, uh, for churches to you know have at least uh, there's the pressures and pressure is there. Not everybody jumps to it, but there's this pressure, I think, to have the latest bells and whistles, the latest technology, because uh, those who are really interested in reaching millennials, uh, you know, feel like may feel like, hey, I've got to have this stuff if I'm going to reach people. So. The first question is, do churches have to have the latest gear, the latest technology to appeal to millennials? Well, the answer is no, but there's a caveat to that. Uh, And here's the caveat. I often get asked the question, what kind of church are millennials looking for? Is it the lights and the audiovisual and the technology? Is it the chapel that doesn't have technology? And the interesting answer is that both types of churches are engaging millennials. Some millennials want to go to church to detach from technology. Some millennials, research is showing, are going to churches with inspiring uh, architecture that uh, f- that physically draws you upward 
mm-hmm. that churches at one point were designed with an architecture to, to 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 point upwards. It was pointed to God in the front and you know God right. up top. Right. And I think the comforting answer for churches is that uh, it's not an either or. That churches that are either investing in technology or taking an intentional approach away from it uh, are engaging those between 20 and 37 well. And so that should be an encouragement. Whatever your church is called to do, do that well because it's not an either or. So it's, um, I mean, a traditional church, do they have a, a, a an opportunity to reach? You're saying they do have an opportunity to reach, and they are reaching people. Just 100%. Yeah, okay. So it's not only the style of the architecture of the building, but it could be the the style of the worship service and that sort of thing. Right. It's, so, uh, again, I, maybe we should have defined this at the beginning, but millennials are generally, what, about 20 years of age up to mid-30s? Yes. The the book you mentioned at the beginning, right. Creative, uses Pew Research Center's yeah. breakdown. And in 2018, they would be between 20 and 37. So okay. quite an age range, a lot of life stages within that that right. age breakdown. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, all right. So you're saying, no, you don't have to have a bunch of bells and whistles to, to be able to appeal yeah. to millennials. Right. And, and that's kind of a, a popular... Um, misunderstanding, I think, in that, oh, if I want to reach the millennials, I'm going to need a band. I need the, the drums. I need the, fog you know, machine. yeah, the what? The fog. The fog machine yeah. and, and the uh, pastor with tattoos and, uh, and all of that. But that's, that's not really the case. I mean, that does ap- appeal to some millennials, but uh, other millennials are also drawn to the more mm-hmm. traditional. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, so what separates, I mean, what is it then that, you know, and this may be a no-brainer here, but let's throw it out here. What does, so what are millennials looking for, and are they looking for something different than other generations have been looking for? Or, or are we all looking for the same thing? Mm-hmm. I, I believe that uh, millennials are looking for um, community and relationship and mentorship in church first and foremost and if a high quality presentation is attached to that great if it's not as long as that mentorship and relationship and community are a part of church uh, something that that i like to say a lot is millennials are looking for the church that the church is good at already okay. that that mm-hmm. How, how we adapt and change and present. It's good to keep evolving and trying new things. There's no criticism to either style or type of church. Um, but at the core is a real desire for theological depth, biblical study, and effective mentorship and relationship. The rest is, is, um, is, uh, is a, a benefit or an add-on, a value-add. All right. I cringed. I was, as you were speaking, I was thinking of some feedback that we got from um, a new member from one of the churches we're related to. And, and they were, um, they were a millennial, they were a younger generation. And one of their feedback was one of these guys seems like he's trying to be something he's really not. And uh, he was more specific with that. And I'll be a little more general. Yeah. Yeah. The pastor and, you know, it was, you know, middle-aged pastor trying to come off like, hey, I'm a cool mm-hmm. early 20s kind of guy and I'm mm-hmm. wearing their, mm-hmm. you know, the hip fashion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, 
this person was just didn't warm up to it. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's somebody trying to put on mm-hmm. a nature and they mm-hmm. kind of read, they just kind of, it, it didn't give them a good feeling. You know, it yeah. was, but the pastor I'm sure was trying to, you know, like, Oh, I gotta mm-hmm. do these things so that I can attract mm-hmm. these people. But right. the people recognize, uh, authenticity yeah. and genuineness yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I hope it's not crass to say this, but I throw up a little bit in my mouth every time I hear authentic. Because <laughs> oh, it's yeah? one of the most cliche words used over the last 10 years in this conversation. Authentic. It's almost inauthentic now to be talking about authenticity. It's gotten so <laughs> bad. However, it's used because it's important. And I think right. you hit on it, Steve, that regardless of what the trappings were or the style was, the um, the ability to see through inauthenticity is something that millennials have a skill right. because they've been commercialed in every area of life. And if the experience is not authentic, not yeah. just on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, it's and what you there mentioned, problems. They they. Um, Recognize what you're good at, and so what you're mm-hmm. uh, that kind of just rang true with me. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, church can be yeah. whatever it's doing, but if it's good at yeah. what it's doing, then yeah. that's going to resonate, and it's going to be really mm-hmm. hard uh, for someone to try to mm-hmm. pretend something they're not. Absolutely. They're not going to be any good at it. So, but is that comforting to an older leader to know that they don't have to try too hard? Right. Just be you. You, you. Who you are is what we want. I'm air quoting we, whoever we is. Right. Who you are and what you're supposed to be in ministry and in church and in leadership is what we want. No more, no less. Be you. Don't try as hard. You don't have to. We're not looking for you to be wearing skinny jeans if that's not your thing. Yes. <laughs> but what if it is? <laughs> well, then, then they'll be very concerned. Conversation. If it's your thing, you can pull it off. Wear the skinny jeans. Sixty-five-year-old man in skinny jeans just just. Doesn't I mean, Louis Giglio pulls pulls a lot of stuff off. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I, 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 I would never wear. I, I like the older I get, the more I like loose fitting clothing. So I'm not into tight stuff. But anyhow, <laughs> enough about my personal problems. Uh, so, uh, so millennial, and you're obviously a millennial here. Uh, and the things you mentioned earlier about community, relationship, I mean, those were things I've always been looking for. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think there is a difference then in in the millennials today? Then say the baby boomers, or even what's the next generation coming up? What's that called? The generation Z. Z. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there uh, is there a difference mm-hmm. in their needs just from your observation? Mm-hmm. I, I think the differences are over exaggerated. If there is one thing that I do believe millennials are more interested in than maybe my dad's generation, where he was a boomer, is mentorship. Uh, I really believe this is a hinge point if we're looking at generations, mm-hmm. whether it was upbringing or current culture, those between 20 and 37 are seeking out desperately mentorship, not just discipleship, but mentorship. mentorship. What's the difference in your opinion? Uh, millennials are looking for uh, mentorship that connects faith and work, faith and life. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe mentorship is the Monday through Saturday life experience. And if uh, I, I'm talking and, and listening to millennials who are starting a business and they want a mentor 
in the faith who knows how to start a business, mm-hmm. not just a coffee date for, you know, how's your marriage going and how's your life? Those are great things. We need checks and balances on sure. the spiritual and personal part. But millennials are really seeking out how do I do Monday through Saturday connected to my faith? That is what I believe is mentorship and what makes it distinctive a touch from discipleship. So how do ministries um, create opportunities or, you know, to, to have that happen? Because I'm sure there's, you know, there's a recent story on one of the other podcasts I listened to was talking about uh, they had an issue where they needed some fathers to show up. I don't know if you heard about this. I did, yes. And that they was they they were expecting a, maybe hopefully getting a dozen mm-hmm. fathers to go mentor some kids mm-hmm. that didn't have fathers for some event. Mm-hmm. I, maybe you know the details, but anyway, they turned out and they had like six hundred um, fathers show up for these um, spots. Mm-hmm. So these guys apparently did something right. But mm-hmm. uh, how how do ministries go about? Mm-hmm. creating visibility to the opportunities or creating mm-hmm. the opportunities for these people to connect, mm-hmm. you know, cause mm-hmm. I'm sure sitting in the, in the pews or at mm-hmm. church, there's, there's mentors and there's right. mentees. They just don't know about each other. Yeah. I, there's one church I'm thinking of who simply put out a call for an invitation. They said, if you want mentored, sign up. If you want to mentor, sign up. And we'll work to curate those relationships and put two and two together. And really it is that simple, I believe, where the church has an incredible opportunity, not just hope that those relationships happen, but to pair people together who need to be together, who might not otherwise come together. Uh, so the church will often go, well, that's our discipleship program. And, and you're you're not really talking about, I'm going to walk you know, somebody through the maturity steps of faith right this is more of a hey let's Mm -hmm. get together and you know share your knowledge on you're starting a business how much of your income do you spend on marketing and uh, that kind of thing yeah there's a monday through saturday component so so it's but a lot of churches i think fall into the trap of oh we're going to start a new discipleship program right so this is something completely different i believe it's going to be I would assume a lot lower key um, may not require as much of, um, you know, because the, the discipleship thing is 100% faith kind of thing. Right. And this is more of... Vocational. Yeah, vocational kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this, I guess the, 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 the church would just need to explain what the, you know, what the program is and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And the book actually helps to set up some structures for this. And oh, okay. This is a fun part when I get to work with different churches and staffs and teams is to say, hey, this looks like a really big, hairy, audacious goal, but here are four pretty simple steps or five pretty simple steps to launch this in two weeks. It's, it's pretty straightforward because the church is the only human institution in our communities that bring almost every single sector and domain together 52 times a year. Mm-hmm. There are companies and communities that pay millions of dollars a year to try and figure out how to get what the church already has. It's an amazing untapped resource. So basically, you're saying here, got to be intentional about it. I mean, uh, the leadership in the church has to embrace the idea and mm-hmm. really be intentional to do it. So, mm-hmm. so not just like hope that it happens, yeah, they, but actually. The other challenge I think churches are going to have is, well, that all sounds great, but I don't have any millennials my average age is, you know, 65, and mm-hmm. and yeah. so it's a real, mm-hmm. I assume a real challenge. 
Well, would you? What would you say to that? I mean, here's what I would say. Yeah. I would say start doing it anyhow. I mean, even if you don't have any millennials, yeah. that's what I would say. Let's start mm-hmm. something and see mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. I, what's your thoughts on that? If you only have maybe a couple people that are sure in that age bracket, yeah, <laughs> that's because that's a good thing. It's, it's a great question. Up. You know, it's a good question. It's a great question. There's no silver bullet, but there's actually a movement starting to happen here in Tucson where a uh, kind of partnership group is helping churches figure out how to um, share congregations. Mm-hmm. So if you have an older, dominantly older church mm-hmm. connected to a dominantly younger church, the younger church, I can tell you, and whoever's listening, the younger church, um, younger churches here in Tucson that I interact with are looking for older members. They're intentionally asking from the pulpit, we need wiser, more experienced heads in the faith. We need them here. But an older member walks into those younger churches, doesn't see anyone that looks like them. Mm-hmm. It's the same right. thing that happens with a younger person going to an older church. Right. They don't see anyone like them and leave. And so if there isn't that intentionality to say, look, we may be in a certain geographic area or we may have a certain tradition that, that skews older, how can we intentionally say, look, we want 10 couples or 20 younger people to commit to intergenerational work in ministry? And can we share, uh, you know, um, and we can share. And to make it easy, we you can do it intradenominational. It doesn't have to be anything super duper crazy. It can just be saying, hey, we've got younger people, you've got older people. How do we share that for the benefit of our churches and our communities? Yeah, that's a great idea. So let me back up to the first question that we started off. You know, do churches have to have all this tech stuff to appeal to millennials? Uh, you know, like I work with a little church, and about 15, 16% of our people are 45 and under. And I, I kind of think that's not too bad. We'd like it to be more. But, uh, you know, if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm a senior pastor or, a, you know, a key person at my church where I'm at, uh, how can I attract millennials? Now, you mentioned about, uh, you know, being authentic. Well, sorry, I didn't make you burp up that word again. But <laughs> you mentioned about community and connecting. But, I mean, you know, how can I reach these millennials uh, if I'm, you know, a pastor in my late 50s or mm-hmm. even early 60s and I've got an older congregation? In your opinion, mm-hmm. what would be a good way to start to try to mm-hmm. reach? I mean, should, should they do Facebook, mm-hmm. Google? Mm-hmm. Should we just invite everybody we think that is twenty years older? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I think there can be a very one to one relational communication between a dominantly older church and connections that those older members have with younger people. Mm-hmm. I also think that um, branding age and experience in the church as an asset mm-hmm. rather than a liability is something that I'd like to see more of. In other words, not to say, oh, we're an older church, we just have older people, but say, look, we have a cachet of experience and wisdom and resources really? that a younger generation doesn't have yet. How can we invest into a younger generation coming up? We're here. We've got it. Mm-hmm. Let us launch you into your calling and your vocation mm-hmm. and, and your life uh, in in the gospel, and that's a fun thing. That's one of the things I absolutely love the most about getting to talk to older churches. To say, look, we want you. You don't know that we want you, but we want right. you. We need to be with you. We just haven't been vocal enough about it. 
you're not out to pasture. Your 60s, 50s, 70s are a prime time. Your best years in ministry are right around the corner. You just need to know that's true. Hmm. Are you familiar with SCORE? Vaguely. So I don't know if it's a national thing. Do you know if it's national? Or I don't it? know. Just, I think it is, isn't it? I think it is national. So it's the Society of um, Corporate Something Retired Executives. So S-C-O-R-E. I can't remember what it stands for, but it's Sounds it's good. it's uh, it's retired executives, mm-hmm. and it's a, a nonprofit that's here in town. I think it's in most towns, hmm. and they um, they offer their. It's, I, mean, I think of this place when when you're talking. Um, they they have retired executives, guys that that ran businesses and stuff, and they you go to score if you're, you know, starting a new business or something mm-hmm. and you get paired up with a score retired right. executive and they coach you through right. so it sounds like a very uh, kind of a similar thing. This is only, you know, is a secular thing geared towards sure. business, but it seems right. it sounds like this model may ring true in the church cuz because you know, you think about oh, I got a bunch of old retired executives. What, what, what use are they? And these guys have said, "It's a cachet of some super mm-hmm. experiences yep. that can really share with um, mm-hmm. you know people just coming up." That's what I'm saying. It's built into the church. Yeah, your church, my church, every church has it today. Now, it's a given. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Hmm. I, I'm just contemplating what you said earlier about you know, and do with your branding really make it intentional. That hey, we're here to help you, and you know, I, I think that's really a good idea. I'm not sure how to actually build that ad, but you know, I think that's actually a really good idea. We've we've got something here. Our, our age is an asset. Yeah, because a lot of people are ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody's old, and we're going to die off and be gone, and <laughs> and you think you know you got to spin it around and say, hey, we got yeah. something that nobody else has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. All right, so uh, we've got a few more minutes here. I, I, I definitely want to mention your book, Creative, again. Creative yes. is the book. Uh, it's available Amazon? On Amazon exclusively. Okay. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, it's a, tell us very quickly again, the book is in a, just a synopsis mm-hmm. of it is connecting. Sure. The subtitle is Designing Churches That Engage Generations Together. So yeah. a lot of things that we've talked about here require right. kind of some design thinking require an intentional process for launching some of these ideas and the book is a quick start guide to getting that going and it's a quick fast and encouraging read had an older pastor tell me yesterday that after you know there's so much negativity about the church that this was a very encouraging read that celebrates what the church has um, rather than just highlight what it doesn't so and there's, as you just mentioned, there's kind of a little of a, of a linear process there of, of, of actually accomplishing this with mm-hmm. intention. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's got some steps on that thing to do that. Yeah. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Sure. Uh, the best way will be by email or the online community that uh, I've uh, begun curating uh, called 100 Creative Cities. Okay. And the goal is that it's, that's a, it's a place for visionaries, pastors, leaders, thinkers who are passionate about the intergenerational church and want a space to hash these things out and be encouraged and inspired. Now 100 Creative Cities, is that, that's the domain? It is. And so it's 100creativecities.com? Dot com. And 100 yeah. is the number one. And the number 100. Okay. And that's All the right. best place to find me there. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. 
All right, so that would be good there. You're also hosting a radio show, too. I am. Yeah. How's that going? I am. Oh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. It turns out the same principles that work uh, in the church also work at a city level, and so yeah. the radio show is an exploration yeah. of that. That's, that's dear to my heart. I like radio, as you know. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Uh, anything else to close out with? I would say on a, on a technology note, every time technology has changed, We've had these moments of, is it good or is it not? We were joking uh, at a newspaper clipping from the late 1890s before we got on the the show of of the fear around the telegraph uh, and how men who never met each other could now communicate and what that would do. And every time the... Every time technology evolves and changes, we have this uh, sky is crashing in moment. And somehow, as humans, we push through it. Uh, One of my favorite social media optimists uh, pushes back against the description of technology as disconnecting us. He says, go to any restaurant and sit and watch. And you'll probably find the older couple who sit across from each other for 40 minutes and never share a word. Our, Our... instinct as humans is to want to connect but to also want to disconnect and regardless of whether that's over twitter or the telegraph or the internet of things that's a human thing not a technology thing and so i think intergenerational connection on this topic of technology and social media is healthy because there's great things about it and then there are bad things about it that can be mitigated but we have to hash those things out in community as an intergenerational community. I think the church could be a great platform. So those would be my parting words is um, let's, let's have the best without the bad. We can get there intergenerationally. And um, our churches can be authentic when it comes to technology. Do what you're called to do uh, because the church of all different varieties is being used to engage the next generation. There's no one recipe. Yeah, good words. Good parting words. Okay, Zach Yenser has been our guest and we are out of time. If you want to give us some feedback here, we'd love to hear from you. Just that email's good. Just send us an email. Support at streamingchurch.tv. Love to hear from you. Get your thoughts on some of these things that Zach has talked about. I think it's good information, good good uh, information to dialogue about and have a conversation with. And if we can help you with any tech needs or even things that are non-tech, we're here for you. And again, that email support at streamingchurch.tv. And, of course, as we mentioned earlier, we provide streaming video, mobile apps, church management systems, content. We we don't have the telegraph going yet, but we need to bring that back. Start using that, right? Uh, all right. I'm being facetious. All right. He is Steve Lacey across the table. Zach Yenser is on the other side here. I'm Phil Thompson. We hope that you have a great day. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us on the Church Solutions Podcast. We'll catch you again next time. Take care.